Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Parampara ki jai, Shri Shri Gauradha Madhava ki jai, Kiraj Gauradhan ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanande. Morning. So, Sky Gods have been good, yeah. Some of you will be leaving after after lunch today. You'll be here. You're here. Right? Some some of you will. So this morning we'll speak a little bit and Prashadam and then then I guess again tomorrow morning we meet instead of tonight for Prabhupada's Tirubhav. Okay. Well, uh, we have been discussing uh, Govardhan Leela. We introduced the topics by way of speaking of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's interaction physically with, with Govardhan and then sp- spiritually, I guess you could say. Both were spiritual, but externally and internally, uh, his experience of Govardhan Hill, his Madhya Leela and his Auntie Leela. So, as we know, that was quite the high point, if you will. And from there we go, <coughs> as we did yesterday, all the way to the bottom um, of the religious spiritual spectrum, from Malanakya Mahabhav to really um, the uh, difference between Varnashram and, and Bhakti. Hmm? And that difference is what uh, understanding it and embracing bhakti over the varnashram is is the what uh, in a very basic sense what shraddha or faith constitutes, and it is that faith that gives eligibility to tread the path of bhakti. So the very beginning of the path and the end, these. Uh, Leela encompasses, as we are at least speaking about it. And so in the, in the context of... Obviously there were some guests that came yesterday, so I, I adjusted the talk to try to bring them in a little bit and they could, so they could get some understanding of our madness and... <laughs> Difficult. You can see that you can appreciate the uh, the thought, the vision, the insight of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur in seeking to help those coming to the path of Bhakti, um, followers of Gandhi, as Prabhupada was, as Sridhar Maharaj was, for example, nationalists. Um, now, that's not everything about them, obviously, but they were in, involved in that, and uh, and uh, he was very much in um, in a uh, struggle with with Varnashramis and and misrepresentations of Varnashram to make it even even worse, Asura Varnashram type um, ideas. Uh, as he would see it, and Bhakti Vinod Thakur saw it, uh, promoted by uh, the uh, Smartas and 
who tried to kill him, assassinate him, and so forth. Um, so struggling with that, and uh, and and with um, various um, misrepresentations of of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and sorting through all of that, and trying to make real and substantial uh, Vaishnavas. And out of many newcomers, uh, really, he, he he was getting, uh, as they say, uh, uh, used to say, lettered men to join his movement. Athletes like Kinchin Krishnadas was a track star, and and uh, college men and like Prabhupada and Sridhar Marsh, for example. And rather than just uh, people, as I alluded to, referred to yesterday, whose caste was questionable, called themselves Godias and went from nowhere to to every you know, to the to the highest end of the spectrum in their minds alone. Hmm? And only lent in doing so to give a bad represent rep- uh, reputation to Godia Vaishnavism. So his insight anyway, his insight was to um, engage people, and he was advised along these lines by Bhakti Vinod, but he was innovative in how he went about that. Engage people in the uh, extended idea of kirtan that uh, for him involved explaining what is the, the really the rag marg, pujala raga patagodava bhangi matala harijana kirtanarangi. This is a, a uh, a one verse from a poem, a uh, song that he wrote that was sung by his disciples in Kirtan as they took the deities from the rented house in Calcutta to the marble temple after it was established, the famous marble temple. Uh, it doesn't sound so famous now to have a marble temple, but it, it was very... Um, uh, it really stood out. It was quite uh, extraordinary in its time, probably because of its you know, composition and so forth. Uh, as Bhagbazar, Godiamat, in Calcutta, but also because it was a a Godia Vaishnav mission uh, outside of the Dom, in the in the Maya, in the armpit of the world, as Prabhupada called it, <laughs> Calcutta. <laughs> and uh, even Bhakti Invi Gorkashordas Babaji Marsh, whose day of disappearance or appearance we'll be celebrating on a, a week actually from today, it's a codice and one of the endings of Kartik, you either begin on and end on the codice or on the full moon. So we start on the full moon, so we'll end a little later in the week. but at any rate, Babaji Maharaj, his Diksha Guru, advised him not to preach and don't go to Calcutta and that kind of thing. Um, but Bhakti Vinod told him to preach, so now what? Uh, the Guru's instruction is absolute, and you've got two of them saying the opposite thing. So, uh, at any rate, he, 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 I don't know how he harmonized it all, but uh, he did the preaching, and we're, we're grateful. I'm sure Gorka Shardas Babaji Maharaj is too. Um, appreciative. Um, he had given a prediction, actually, Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj. You don't mind me just talking about whatever comes to mind, right? 
he had given a prediction that uh, uh, in the assembly of Bhaktivinod and himself and some others, uh, he used to hear, like to hear the Bhagwat discourses of Bhaktivinod. Babaji Maharaj Gorkashore apparently wasn't that much of a preacher, a little difficult to uh, to approach and get a straight answer out of and um, so forth. But he um, predicted that uh, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati was giving initiation in, in the presence of Bhakti Vinod and um, Gorkishore. And he predicted that one man that that Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta gave initiation to would become a sannyasi and preach in in uh, in, the, in the West. Yeah, and that was the, I think um, Bhakti Pradeep Tirthamara. She was previously a disciple of some other sect of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that wasn't in Bhakti Siddhanta's estimation representing the teaching that well. So the reinitiation goes back a ways, <laughs> I guess you could say. At any rate. Um, I'm sure he appreciated the work of Bhakti Siddhanta Tarsali Thakur. And, uh, and we appreciate him despite his preaching to Bhakti Siddhanta not to preach. When Gurmaraj Sridharmarsh was explaining to us the dynamic kind of um, idea of the Guru Parampara, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsati Thakur, that um, his idea with regard to Siddha Pranali. Siddha Pranali is a famous term now. Pranali means line, and Siddha means, well, Siddhas, line of Siddhas. Um, but uh, it's come to be um, equated with the passing on of the um, a description of the uh, internal life of the various members in the Diksha Parampara, leading back to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates. So if you got initiated in a particular party by a particular family, particular uh, line coming from Gadandhar, or from Shivas, Nityananda Prabhu, or so forth, then you're in, you know, Nityananda Paribar, and so forth. And, and, um, and so they would, whoever the gurus were, and then the, and the initiating guru would tell his swarup and then give some swarup to, to the to the disciple. That's what's come to be known as Siddha Pranali. And so Bhakti uh, and the emphasis on the Diksha Guru Parampara, this unbroken chain, uh, probably used to talk about like the disciplic succession and so forth. And so Bhakti Siddhanta is basic kind of response to that was um, if it is a Siddha Pranali then <clears throat> it has to be full of Siddhas mm. so just a Pranali without Siddhas is 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 falls short of the idea even mm. and so that's what he was finding that many people were doing this which sounds like an interesting idea fetching the Sarup of the disciple and meditation and giving it out and, and and telling the inner life of all the others which is to be meditated on and this was thought to be essential. Bhakti Siddhanta didn't Saraswati Thakur didn't do that. And he questioned that there's a line but but whether there are siddhas in all these lines 
that's another thing. <laughs> so that was uh, not popular amongst those uh, those groups, bringing into question the uh, even the the measure of the samandagyan that some of the teachers had, what to speak of their standing in in the results from applying it and so forth, the realization. And um, he had a, so he gravitated towards a more kind of a substantial idea of Guru Parampara, if you will, and the substance over form. And that's not how he received initiation from Gorgashore Das Babaji Maharaj. Hmm? He didn't get a Diksha Patra, a letter of dik- that was listing all these things and so forth. And so criticisms of him eventually, after his passing, for the most part, came about, and and uh, and you hear them about today too. Sometimes you know you didn't you don't get the Siddha Pranali and so on and so forth, and and um, it's a very um, Kanishta idea in a sense. It sounds like a very Uttamadi idea, but it's a very Kanishta idea. It's a very form over substance idea. Hmm? I mean, for example, if you have to have that letter and you have to have the list of all the gurus and all the 10,000 years, that's going to be a book uh, of, all the, yeah, of all the people in the line, you know, <laughs> and so forth. So uh, it's... Uh, Not very interesting reading. <laughs> yeah, well, so it, it's... Uh, so anyway, his idea was that, that we will make a line out of all the actual universally accepted siddhas. Baladev Vijabhusana, his own, Gorkishore Das Babaji, Bhakti Vinod, his gurus, and uh, uh, on up to Rup Sanantan, Narottam. And these were different, coming from different parivars. Narottam parivar, Shamananda parivar, you know, Nityananda parivar, but he put them all into one Line. We take the siddhas from each of the lines here that we know that are universally accepted, put them in a line, and we're connected with all their teachings through our diksha and so forth. And this was his idea. And so he was talking about a, a substantial um, kind of spiritual contribution and the, and the necessity of that, to be in touch with a really... Um, a, 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 uh, uh, spiritually advanced uh, 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 guidance, whether it be by diksha or by siksha, hmm? um, and to draw your line like that. So, um, in another sense, also the, the persons he chose out in kind of his dynamic idea of the line that Sridhar Maharaj once described, like the Ganges, it moves like this, and crooked way and it goes from Prabhupada to Sridhar Maharaj instead of Prabhupada to, you know, 11 other guys and, um, and so forth. Um, <laughs> we were able to follow that, unfortunately, to follow the curves, um, the turns in the road. Um, but uh, the ones that were singled out, it's not that the others, many others, it's just like... Uh, Pujapachi Maharaj gave the example. In science, you have some very big people who make major contributions, the Copernicus, Newton, Einstein. There are many bona fide scientists in between, but their contributions don't stand out in such a way that over centuries and centuries, they 
will be highlighted in the same way. So, given that kind of way of thinking about the line, then he uh, spoke about it, and 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 um, when Sudhir Goswami opened the the first temple of on a really he's a disciple of Prabhupada, took sannyas from Sridhar Marsh, and and. Uh, Brought out the talks of Sridhar Maharaj, the first um, books, uh, first kind of temple of Prabhupada's disciples outside of his the, uh, his own f- formal mission. This under the auspices of uh, Sridhar Maharaj, he he was thinking about you know this idea, and so he of of substance and contribution, and so he 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 took uh, Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj's picture off of his altar in a little temple in San Jose, California. Do you know the way to San Jose? It was like, you know, that was uh, hard to find <laughs> with all the uh, signs. Wrong way, <laughs> wrong way, <laughs> turn back, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So I made my way there, but uh, I had actually uh, um, gotten a hold of one of their publications and read it. Figure and disgrace, and it really changed my life. And so I, I got hold of them, and I, I was telling them that, and they said, "Well, you know, if the incarnation of book distribution thinks our book is bona fide, it must be bona fide." Huh? So uh, anyway, um, when Sridhar Maharaj heard that he had taken the picture of Gorkishore Das Babaji Maharaj off the altar, then he, he was very upset, and and. Um, then uh, Sudhir, he said, well, uh, he, you know, he, whatever, he apologized and everything. And he, But his understanding was, well, let's put the people on that, you know, really were had substantial contribution. And so he asked, well, what was the contribution of Gorkishore? And then Bhakti Siddhanta, then Nashidamar said, Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Thakur. That's his, con- <laughs> just like Lokanath's contribution was Narathan. It might be one, but big. Hmm. So anyway, substance over over form is the idea. I don't know how we got off on that, but but um, you were saying how Bhaktisiddhanta's contribution in regard to when the two people came in and you switched your topic to address the newcomers, and then you started talking about Bhaktisiddhanta's. Right. So. So he was very uh, substance over form, and therefore he would adjust the details in ways that people couldn't recognize the tradition, who had identified only with the details of it, the externals of it, and formalities, and so on and so forth. And he very much energized it with life and and substance. And so his idea was, and it's very insightful, that uh, um, uh, it's... uh, Encapsulated in this one line, Pujala Raga Patagaurava Bhangi Matalahadi Janakirtanarangi. This was the one line in a song that he wrote, and they, as I said, they sang the song in Kirtan when they took the deities from the rented house, Utaldanga something lane, to the Bhagbazar Math, which they spent, you know, quite a bit of time, sannyasis, begging in the public um, for. Uh, raising funds to build a marble temple, and they were getting sometimes um, being questioned for that because they were poor people, they were hungry people, and there were other causes 
that uh, seemed in the public's eye to loom larger than building a marble temple. Hmm? Uh, told us the story of how he was sent to Madras to open a temple there for Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur. He and some other others, and they thought to approach the king to get a donation to start a temple. So they approached the king. The king's secretary, treasurer, secretary, whatever, came and and he noted their cause, and he said, I'm going to put it on the list. And, uh, you know, it's a noble cause. We'll put it on the list. So time went by, and they their, their name doesn't seem to be moving up the list. <laughs> so Shudamar realized that he's probably not going to give anything, so he might as well just go and tell them the whole, the whole truth here. And so he went and said, you know, we had came, we'd asked for donation. He says, yeah, well, your name is on the list, but there are other more important things. There are hungry people, there's the hospital needed to be open, and this and that. Then Sridhar said, Bikriditam Brajabhudubiridam Chavishnu Shadhanvitanu Shanayadatavarnaya. There's a famous verse from Rasalila. Uh, at the end of the Rasalila, Parikshit Marsh asks, it's very interesting, this story, but Krishna, the very Dharma Setu, the, the bridge of Dharma, the, the walk across, it seems to be involved with other people's wives. It's hard to digest. And so... Uh, Sukadev gives a couple of answers. He replies to his student. The first thing he says is, we should know this, that Krishna is the husband of the gopis' husbands. Hmm? Swakya. The parakya is based on a, on a tattva of swakya. Swakya means belonging. Parakya means another. So parakya means power more love, like you, you belong to somebody but you go off with somebody else. Not a good idea. And that's how it looked uh, as if what the gopis were doing and so forth. But the reality is, the siddhantas, if you will, the, the tattva, that they be- they belong to Krishna, and so do their husbands, for that matter. Krishna is the husband of the gopis' husbands. They are all prakriti, hmm? shakti. He is the shakti man, and so... And within the context of that, on that platform, this is a play. This is a drama. And of course, as we know, Krishna plays very hard, so it becomes very real. And you know, in one sense, from the Gaudi perspective, the drama is more real than the tattva. So the parakya is more real. It's more. It's more dharmic, because sanksidhi haritoshanam, the perfection of dharma, is the pleasure of hari. He's very pleased by this. So this is the most dharmic thing. Hmm. So at any rate, he quoted this verse, one, one of the verses from there. It says that you should understand that Bikriditam Vajabadubiridam Chavishnu, the the wives of the cowherds of Braj, um, their um, play Bikriditam with uh, with Vishnu. Krishna is referred to as Vishnu there, which means all-pervading. It's a you know the name for God. This kind of play is such that shadhanvitanushanayadvanayadvatavarnayad. Uh, if you hear it with faith, which means if you hear from Guru Parampara, as Prabhupada would, would translate it uh, properly, then bhakti will come within your heart. Bhakti param pratilabdhakamam hridrogamashpapahinotiyachirinadira. And will remove the lust from your heart, and 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 bhakti will fully manifest there. 
So he quoted this verse, hmm? and uh, he said, yes, you have us just beneath feeding the people, a few lines down, you know, there's the hospital and this and that, and feeding the people. And he said, but uh, uh, they have been elephants uh, and eaten 100 pounds a day, and still they are hungry. Hmm? And he went on like you know, like this uh, reincarnation, life after life, we're eating and eating and eating, and hunger will never be solved by feeding people. Hunger will never go away by feeding people <laughs> for a minute or two, and then it starts again. Right? So this is not the solution to hunger. The hunger is hridrogam. Hmm? It's a symptom of a disease, rogam, of the hrida, the heart. Hmm? That is kama. Hmm? lust, acquisition, hmm? material desire, basically. This is the problem. This is the disease. Hunger is a symptom. It will never be cured by treating the symptoms. And we are treating the disease. That's what our project is about. It should be at the top of your list. He said he just kind of opened up on it, figuring I've got nothing to lose. They're never going to, you know, our name's never going to get to the top like this. And so he preached very strongly, right from the heart of the, the Bhagavatam. Hmm. Just in the center where, where the love looks like lust. Hmm. Love has a tendency to kind of conceal itself, to hide itself. Hmm. It has its own private language and so forth that not only the lovers can enter into. Hmm. It does seek to share itself, but then it realizes oh, everybody can't appreciate it, and so it recedes. It goes back and forth like this. Hmm? So we do outreach to people, we preach to them, huh, then we get a big headache and we go back. And <laughs> I'll just do my bhajan. <laughs> then we get inspired, it's such a good thing, I should share it with the people, try again. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so he came like that, forward and 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 the fellow was shaken and put him at the top of the list and Madras moth was 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 opened. So the bold preaching of the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta under his um, his guidance was, was extraordinary and, and and so in Calcutta they were they were building this temple and and the idea was behind it was that they would throw all this, uh, what was valuable to other people, their money that they would collect for other causes and so forth, they would go and ask money for them to build the temple. They were begging, and um, and uh, they would, and all the money they would throw at the de- at the deity, hmm? and um, and so they built an opulent temple, which is kind of uncharacteristic of the Rag Marg, which is emphasis more on on Nam Bhajan rather than Archan. Archon is always imbued with some type of reverence, um, as we mentioned the other day. It's very um, central to Vaidhi Bhakti. You go and look at Ramanuja Sampradaya or Madhva Sampradaya or Vaidhi Marg Sampradaya, and like you go to Udupi and the, 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 they worship Rukmini's Krishna deity there that Madhva got. And the puja begins, you know, early in the morning, it ends like about noon. So, this Abhishek, different things and offerings, and it goes on for, and the and the acharya, 
they have what eight eight acharyas I think and they all have in Udupi they have eight moths and then there's one central moth for the Krishna deity and these other so they rotate the acharya heading up the main moth of Udupi Krishna and they wait eight, eight years to have their turn and for the whole eight years they preach and raise money so that they can spend it on the year that they're in charge of that moth on the deity. <laughs> and these are the acharyas that personally, you know, do the puja and so forth. And last to like, you know, the morning um, save a puja until till noon, something like that. So just to give you an example of the emphasis on archan, deity worship, mm, full of reverence. When I had the fortune to enter into Padmanabh Kshetra hmm, many years ago in South India. Papanam Chetra, I forget the secular name of that place in South India, but this is an old and religious name, and it's centered around this huge, huge South Indian temple, which is characteristic of the South Indian temples, huge with the Gopurams, you know, the like, hmm? No, no, not Sri Rangam. That's not Sri Rangam. Um, it's like a city, really. It's just like a whole stone city. So I had the opportunity to go in there, and it, well, it just happened to be Ikadasi. And so they were having the Ikadasi celebration, and there was like elephants in there parading around inside, you know. And in, in the center was the, is the big Padmanabha deity, like 24 feet long, lying down like this, you know. Um, and then little temples all around it, Nishringa and the Krishna, and who all thought to be his avatars, and so and they would proceed a certain 20, every 20 feet it would stop and trumpets would be blown and conch shells and Brahmins would recite, you know, mantras and so forth. It was like, you know, Vaikuntha. Really extraordinary. Very, very, very different. When we, um, I assisted my godbrother, Bhakti Gorban the Shingamarsh, many years ago in establishing some deities for his temple and he had a temple in in um, the same place I forget the secular name no that's where he is now not Tirupati no okay and uh, and so uh, when he installed the deities he got some Madhva Brahmins to come hmm and they did a whole thing, you know. I mean, it was elaborate with the different dyes and, you know, really super colorful and mantras. And and we were just kind of like, you know, watching and so forth. And then, right, then it's all over and the time to bring the deities and put them on the altar. So we did Harinam Sankirtan, chanting Hare Krishna, the way Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did. And they looked at us like we were from another planet. Like, What's that? What are they doing? Hmm. It was uh, so. It's they're very different. The paths, if you will. I mean, they both have their place and and so forth, but very different. When I was in Hrishikesh years ago, we did. We were doing Sankirtan at one temple, not Hrishikesh, but Lakshman Julan. You know, above above Hrishikesh, as, as you enter, start to go up into the Himalayas. Beautiful, beautiful place. And there was a a. Um, a uh, Lakshminishringa deity, and so we would go there in the evening and and do kirtan and so forth. And the pujari, 
was a young guy and he was really taken by it. He says, well, you guys said, what is that? You know, what's kind of re- what, what kind of religion do you have? You know, so we would try to explain it to him. And then, then he said, hey, I want to I join you. So we said, okay, well, it's interesting. We're going to Vrindavan, you know, tomorrow. And the next morning he said, he said, do I have to change my religion, though? <laughs> so he ended up not, not coming, but... <laughs> But uh, this is the difference between the, the Ragmarg and it shows up on a kind of a lower level here and 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 Vaidhi Marg, indistinguishable. Hmm? Uh, they they couldn't well they couldn't I mean, it's, it's not the right word but they, unrecognizable, hmm? unknown in Vaikuntha. Hmm? What is the, the Brindaban Leela and so forth? There's some representation of it in Vaikuntha, but uh, the full idea. The, it's not uh, digestible there. Their idea can be digested by us. Kaviraj Goswami, after making his long argument as to the, the, um, the uh, position of Krishna as the source of Narayan and the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna, then says, but some people see him as an avatar of Mahavishnu. It's not necessarily wrong. <laughs> it's not very flattering, he says, but... It is an Anglo vision that some people have, and it's a, it's a bhava, so it's acceptable. Hmm. Anyway, um, they were building the temple there, hmm, and throwing all the money at the temple, and the idea was that you would take everything in your heart that money you know can buy. <laughs> If you will, and give the money, throw it at the at the deity, just throw it at the deity, hmm? and that this, the teaching was this is required that the heart would be, would be cleansed to really effectively, um, uh, pursue, in um, all respects, the rag marg, which, in this verse that they were singing, says, we should have reverence for, not reverence for Krishna, but reverence for the Ragmarg. It's a very interesting idea he had, to revere the Ragmarg, and so um, we'll build big temples, which is uncharacteristic of the Ragmarg, although there's some pretty big ones built by Rupinsnath and Goswamis and so forth, but uh, after them we don't find much, uh, and as I say, the Nam Bhajan, the solitary Bhajan, and so forth, was uh, thought to be the way, and it is, but it's not a way that everybody who has faith in the Rag Marg in the beginning can necessarily take up, because meditation requires a clean heart to do. Hmm? And meditation or smarnam is very central to the practice of Rag uh, Bhakti. So, I guess we were talking a little bit about this last night with... Uh, the question about Ajataruchi Raganuga Bhakti, which is kind of an oxymoron. How Rag Bhakti is driven by Ruchi. So if you don't have, if Ajataruchi, if you don't have Ruchi, how can you be on the Rag Marg? But Jiva Goswami has harmonized that by way of saying that if we are attached to someone who's on the Rag Marg, even though we don't, our Bhakti is not driven by that kind of lobha, that kind of Ruchi taste, still we can incorporate what practices of Ragmarg we're eligible for and increase eligibility over time and incorporate those practices 
mixing with Vaidhi Bhakti um, until you're fully eligible. And the eligibility is really a matter of uh, not for Rag Bhakti, but for certain practices in Rag Bhakti, like Smarnam, Lila Smarnam, to have a clean heart. It's very practical. You can't meditate without a clean heart. Hmm? And so Nam cleans the heart. Hmm? Of course, it's the proportionate to the extent that you can, the heart is cleansed, then you can do Nam Smarnam, and you see how effective you can be in Nam Smarnam, doing meditation on the name, Japa. And, and you can focus exclusively on that without distraction. Then Narthas will flee, and then Rupasmarnam, then Gunasmarnam, then Lilasmarnam, and so forth. This is this idea of, Rup- of, of Jiva Goswami, and Bhakti Siddhanta followed that very much. Um, so, there he was, building the big temple, and, 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 and uh, the verse is very nice, and Siddhartha said it very much encapsulated his whole mood, and he has it written on the walls of his temple, Pujala Ragapata Gaurava that uh, we will do the worship of the Ragmar. We will like, stand back from this, the, the, the bhakti of the inhabitants of Vrindavan and we will worship it. And we will uh, matala um, harijan kirtan rangi. And we will engage ourselves in kirtan, in glorifying that. And part of that glorification, about 80% of it will be to speak about what it's not everywhere. They'll say, it's not this, it's not that, it's not, because it looks like one thing, but it's something else, Rag Bhakti. And, um, and 20% will talk about what it is, and we'll engage ourselves in this kind of kirtan, hmm? widely, and by the kirtan, then the, 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 the reverence and regard that we have for that Rag Marg, that will be crossed over because the Rag people will come down to us they say, very nice what you're doing. So many people misunderstand us, what we're doing. <laughs> so they will be, simp- will draw their sympathy in this way. Hmm? And they will come down. It, it just, it's a similar idea. When when uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would hold kirtan in the courtyard of Srivastakur, and he only let his, his close associates into the kirtan, some people wanted to get in, felt they, they could just bust in. Like the fellow said, you know, I drink only milk. I should be able to, able to enter your kirtan. Mahaprabhu refused him, but but it said that some people did weren't so bold. They still wanted to get in the kirtan, but they felt themselves unqualified. They would sit on the bank of the Ganges and long for the opportunity. And for them, he came out. Hmm? He came out for them hmm? and extended the kirtan and in a way that they would be. We qualify people to actually... That's the whole idea of Gorlila. When Mahaprabhu came out, began his Sankirtan, from then everything, all the way to the Antilila and the Gambira and his deep ecstasy is all teaching how to enter into the Kirtan in the courtyard of Sri Bhastakura, this Vrindavan Rasa Kirtan. Hmm? So uh, it's open for everyone, but then, you know, relative to their... Adhikar, their eligibility, they uh, embrace the practices. So this was his idea, and it's very, I'm saying it's very insightful, that, um, and we can see we're, we got off into this because I said we welcome. We uh, you know, started a talk, and then some people came, some guests came, and we thought, well, now we have to adjust how we'll talk about this, so they'll somehow be included, and it's a bit of a, a challenge. It's very consuming, you know, how you will talk about Leela, you know, it's one thing if I'm talking to somebody who's been 
heard the term and thought about it for 40 years. <laughs> Another one if somebody just comes out of the blue and, and enters your uh, assembly. So the idea of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitaka was that this would be very consuming. If I tell you just go and sit in the jungle now and chant uh, three lakhs of rounds a day, you're on the Paramhamsa Marg, you've transcended the... You're, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're above the Varnashram and all this and whatnot and Gyanmarg and um, he, he was saying this has become a problem people are doing but they're not doing hmm? they're doing and, and 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 in form but not in substance and Godivashtam was getting a bad reputation and Siddha Pranali with Pranalis without Siddhas and calling it <laughs> Siddha Pranali and so forth so this was his idea and and so he engaged the disciples in hmm, this kind of preaching, interacting with the public and making temples and and so on and so forth, and trying to use their brains, their intelligence, their minds, figure out how to present this thing correctly, substantially, hmm, but in a way that people could get a handle on it. That's very consuming. So it's very uh, it's very insightful. I know some of you approached me and said you appreciated the way in which we we try to do that for the for the guests. But anyway, regardless, um, the fact of the matter is that the Govardhan Leela, as I began, it takes us from the very very beginning to the very end. So we started at the end, Mahaprabhu's uh, perception of the of Govardhan and and how he um, experienced the. For a moment, and by that taught us this is the way that he offered others to experience the Radha Bhav uh, uh, through the through the uh, the um, uh, way of the way of the Manjaris. He experienced this in relation to Govardhan Hill. We went there, so we went to the high end there. Mahabhu tasted the the the, uh, the Manjari Bhav in relation to. Beautiful verse, um, glorifying the uh, Govardhan, and so then we come back to tell the Govardhan story, and we are at the beginning of the whole thing, from Shraddha to Madanakya, Mahabhav, and Satam Prasangam Avirisambita. This is the way. Avantihrit Karna Vasai Nakata Tadjoshan Rashpavargavartmani Shraddharati Bhakti Manukumishiti. This is the way. We get together like this, sit. Hmm? Satam prasanga and the the, the 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 association of truthful people. Satam it means honest, truthful, and it's a synonym for devotees. So, this is something Bhakti Siddhanta very much characterized him. He was very much against uh, hypocrisy hmm? in the name of devotion and so forth. So, honest devotees coming together, understanding as Bhakti Vinod said the. True beauty is to understand one's eligibility. What's that verse, Maharaj? Sve sve. Yeah, from the 11th canto of Bhagavatam. In Sridhar poetry, that knowing your place is real beauty, something like that. So when your position is one thing, but you act out of character and don't know your place, it's unbecoming. Hmm? So we should know our place in one sense is Vrindavan Leela. That's our place. We are. That's where we're. Our destiny. Do the grace 
that we receive through Guru Parampara, but we should also, just like when you, I'll give an example, when you enter the mall and you want to go to room 108, so then you go to that little map that's on the, there, and it says room 108 is way up here. Hmm? And what else does it say? And you are here. <laughs> and so you have to know both, right? You have to know where the room 108 is and where you are, and then they figure out how to get there, something like that. Hmm? And um, that's a recipe for not being, being discouraged, actually. If you just know where you are, that could be a problem. Hmm? If you just know where to go, that's also a problem. <laughs> but if you know both, then, then, you, then you know how to get there, and you can be a, a happy traveler on the path. Hmm? You know, I'm on the path. I'm connecting the dots and waiting patiently for grace to come. and I, So, no problem. It's the best life hmm, that one could have. I'm doing the right thing, something like that. So, satam prasanga mamavirasambhito, in the association of devotees, honest people, hmm, where there is always a talk about Krishna, mamavirasambhito, Krishna speaking, where my birya, my virtuous activities are, Always being talked about. Mamabiriya sambhido. Bhavanti hritkarna rasayana kata. That talk arises from the hearts of real devotees, dances on their tongue, and it enters into your ear like a rasayana, a rejuvenating elixir, hmm? like a rasayana, and it creates shraddha. Shraddha ratir bhakti manukramishiti. And you will move from faith to rati, from faith to bhav. Anukram, step by step by step. Faith, sarasanga, faith, bhajanakriya, anartanibhiti, nishtaruchi, asakti, bhav, and prem. Hmm? All by good association. Hmm? So, we gather for these types of, from, of talks. And then we can create faith with, for new people and then those who have help them along the way. So we come, as I say, to the beginning of the path. And the Govan Lila, in a way, is a very, um, it's not as esoteric in a, in a sense. It speaks about some very important, but very, and foundational points. Hmm? There are some beautiful commentaries and so forth of the goings-on under the hill after Krishna lifts it and the, the comp- competitions be the, uh, between Vatsaliras and Sakiras and so forth, where Mudiyasodas just, you know, cannot bear the idea that that Krishna is standing there all this time with holding the hill on his left hand for so many days, and 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 then when he says, or when Madhav Mangal says, he's not holding the hill. I chant his special mantras. That's why it's floating there. Don't worry about him. His, his his sensibility is that Krishna's strong. He's the strongest amongst us, you know. And here, a cowherd can't have a chance to show his strength. And you know, come on, mom, hmm? leave us alone. Something like that. This is his the whole side of Sakirasa. They're all like, yeah, lift the hill, all right, you know. And 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 they're putting their sticks up and and helping and so forth. Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur comments somewhere and. Yeah, on the Govardhan Leela, that there are ancient paintings hmm, with Nanda Maharaj using his head to help hold the hill and other cowherds with golden sticks and so forth. And 
and so on. So how how it was how that idea has been carried on, something like this. Um, so yeah, so the so the competition, so to speak, between Batsaliras and 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 uh, and Sakiras is, is very very charming. And Madhya sort of says, well, okay, whatever, you know, sure, Batu. Madhu Mongol, so you chanted some mantras, right? And that's why the hills, hills floating. But still, he's standing for seven days, so hmm? he's got to be tired, and uh, it's very difficult for me to tolerate seeing this. And Subal, who's a little weaker, Subal can be Bala means strength, and Subal they sometimes reverse it out and say, oh, he's a weaker, he's a more mild type, you know, <laughs> empathetic type of guy. Hmm. <laughs> and so he, uh, Mother can get him on her side a little bit to make sure, put something in Krishna's mouth while he's, you know. So there's a whole festival going on in there, and that's probably the, you know, the more uh, charming part where, the, based on the commentaries and so forth, you get this interaction and, and how all of, really, it's, it's Krishna performed many uh, wonderful acts in Vrindavan. As I said earlier, and this is something that the Leela is very much about, this this fact that Madhurya and Aishvarya, they they go together. As I said yesterday, you can have Aishvarya and not Madhurya, but you cannot have Madhurya and not Aishvarya. You cannot have, you understand the terms? You cannot have intimate, human-like love of God and that type of interaction with Krishna and it be charming unless Krishna's God. So God means majesty, Aishvarya. So you could be Narayan and have all kinds of majesty and not sweetness. But if you're going to have the sweetness, the background has to be there. Otherwise, it's just ordinary. Hmm. Well, no, I mean, if it's if it's not God, if it's God doing something very human-like, then it's very charming. If it's just another human doing it, well, then it's just another human doing it, right? So because he's God, that's the majesty part, then it becomes very charming. So these two go together. So he performed many um, wonderful acts in Vrindavan. Indeed, when went, as much as we emphasize that the madhurya, the sweetness of Krishna, is what's prominent in Vrindavan, and it is, hmm? it should be also understood that nowhere outside of Vrindavan is more Aishvarya exhibited. Hmm? Perhaps the greatest example of that is there in the Brahma Vimohan Leela, hmm? where Krishna shows Brahma hmm? that from him innumerable Vishnus are emanating and innumerable universes and innumerable Brahmas and so forth. That's pretty opulent. Hmm? Uh, if Narayan is not Ayana, you know, he's the shell Ayana of all people, hmm? and Krishna is the shelter of all Narayanas. Hmm? He showed that. And Brahma's foreheads were spinning, for sure. Hmm? So, um, of course, everybody didn't see it. Hmm? Um, the cowherds didn't, didn't, didn't see it, but he showed it to Brahma. Hmm? Uh, but anyway, he did many wonderful things. Most of the most of the cowherds and Sakuras got to witness those, and they just became, well, boys will be boys, kind of stories that would be reported about Krishna. But the uh, striking thing about the Govardhan Leela, of course, is that everybody, every man, woman, child, animal, plant, huh, stone, everything, uh, animate and so-called inanimate of Vrindavan, all saw the Govardhan Leela, hmm, without which they would have been 
devastated. Hmm? So it's an extraordinary display of Aishvari that was public, completely public. Hmm? And it, it didn't really fully kind of like land and hit them Hmm? the elders of the community in particular, until after it was all over, uh, because it was so much fun under the hill that uh, they just forgot everything else. And it was a super, you know, party going on. The big boulders rolled off the sides hmm? as he picked up the hill, and they formed like a wall, like around, so that the waters coming down wouldn't go in, hmm? you know, by way, because he could hold it up, but the baby coming in anyway. <laughs> and so they had like a whole world in there, and it was a seven-day party. And not only with that, but everybody for seven days and seven nights, you know, and Vrindavan doesn't work like that. You know, when he leaves home, Krishna, to go into the forest, it's a, it's a, it's a traumatic uh, affair every day for everyone in Vatsali Rasa, and for Gopi Bhav too. Hmm? Um but it's very much played out as it, it, it can't be played out in Gopi Bhav in the same way it can in Vatsalya Bhav, but because the Gopis Bhav for Krishna, that's a secret thing, but, but the, it's obvious that the Mother Yasoda loves Krishna and now he's going to go into the forest all day long. And so every day he enters the forest and every day she accompanies him as far and everybody as far as they can go where he says, enough, enough, we've turned back, you know, we're going into the forest, me and the cows and, and so forth. Every day it's, it's a huge, every, a huge drama of, of feelings, Vatsalya rasa competing with the, with the Sakya rasa. Hmm? And, 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 and Vatsalya rasa gets to go along in some form, in the form of the cows. <laughs> it can't stay back entirely. So the cows go <laughs> with Krishna and his friends. Hmm? Hmm. Uh, uh, so, of course, and then the whole forest is enlivened. Now Krishna's coming. And then at the end of the day, of course, he's leaving. And the forest closes down. And then and then the villagers who couldn't go all come to life. And so so, the, so it's, it's moving like this, right? Hmm? This is... Um, some kind of minor separation, not like the separation in the Bomalila on the earthly Lila when he goes to actually goes to Matura and Dwarka for a long time. And so that's another thing hmm? that doesn't occur in in the, in the Golok. It's, in that sense, it's all union, but still, there's minor separations. Krishna does go behind a tree sometimes, and his friend can't see him for a moment and passes out. Hmm? So, in the Govardhan Lila. Everybody, everybody, the deers and, you know, everybody, they all get to get together hmm, underneath the hill. There may be a few up on the top, but, and the hill poked up above the clouds so that they would not be hurt by the, by, by the rain. Hmm. I think uh, Kavikarnapur says some tigers were at the top, and they were tearing apart the clouds. Something like that. <laughs> but everybody else underneath the hill and with Krishna for seven days and seeing one another's bhavas and feelings and and uh, it's a huge uh, uh, display and uh, festival and uh, opportunity. Hmm? Uh, and for many of them, an opportunity that they, of intimacy 
practical intimacy that they, they were never afforded otherwise. I mean, Mother Yusoda can if breastfeed him every day and so forth, but it's not the same for the various creatures and and others and so forth. So it was a it's a very um, um, endearing time, and so endearing this was for all of them that the Aishvarya of it, if you will, was uh, was an, didn't really hit them until till afterwards, and it had to hit them because, you know, an extraordinary thing had happened in full view. This wasn't just a story that some boys were telling, that there was a monster and, you know, we entered his mouth and Krishna saved us, kind of a thing. Everybody saw it. And uh, so the Aishvarya, we'll get to that, but and, and, and that really comes at the end. I said three chapters, actually four chapters, the fourth chapter being Indra's prayers, that this Leela covers, and at the end, then, the afterthought of the cowherds, like, what just happened there? Hmm? In the midst of it, we couldn't think about it. It was too much fun. It was too relishable. But afterwards, now in separation, you see, sometimes in separation, this Aishvarya will come to the fore. In union, it doesn't come. Hmm? But in separation, some thoughts, he's pretty extraordinary. What did he just do, you know? Lifting the hill, how can somebody lift a mountain like that? And who is he? And and so they they actually start, started to feel a little uncomfortable, hmm? um, um, because sent any sense of Aishvarya's getting in the way of their their sentiments uh, that are intimate. So that comes at the end. But so beautiful things like this, of course. But but the the overriding kind of um, Emphasis here is that on 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 shraddha and and shraddha corresponds with sharanagati. So shraddha means faith and sharanagati means surrender, and it's described as being sixfold. Hmm. And so that means that shraddha has a form, a shape, by which it can be recognized. You say, "I have faith in Krishna." Then we should see. Well, let's see it. How can you see faith? So you see it in the form of Sharanagati. Anukulyasya sankapa pratikulyasya varajanam rakshikshatiri vishvashpo gopritve vananam tata atmanikshepa karpanye shadvidha Sharanagati. Sixfold. And out of the six, we'll go through them briefly. You accept what is favorable for bhakti, you reject what is unfavorable. The mood behind this, as Bhaktivinoda describes, is is sankalpa. Sankalpa means you make like a wish, hmm? but here it means like you make like a promise. It's a promise. Hmm? I promise. I will accept what is favorable for bhakti. I will reject what is unfavorable. This is my morality. This is my, my ethics. I'm not to be concerned with everything uh, and under the sun that I should or shouldn't do in Varnashram. I, this is my my morality. Hmm? And and so that's the principle. Now the the, the way that plays out, hmm, it could even play out in a way that that crosses over the the, the moral sensibilities of Varnashram hmm, at times. So at any rate, then we go Rakshikshat Divishvashvo that Krishna will protect me. The mood is vishwas, confidence. Hmm? 
confidence, a kind of a confidence. It's not pride, but confidence, right? Pride, confidence may be misconstrued for pride. <laughs> Sometimes you have to say, I know, and you don't. Hmm? Oh, he's so proud. No, he knows, actually, <laughs> and you don't. <laughs> and you're showing it by the We've that much more. And then, Gopritvevaranam uh, tata, that uh, Krishna's my maintainer. So, what's the mood behind that? That uh, dependence. Dependence. Hmm? I'm a dependent entity. And then, Atmanic shape means like hmm, self resignation, resigning my body like an animal puts its body in the hands of its caretaker. Take me where you want. Something like that. Hmm? And karpanye means dainya, humility. So this is Sharanagati. And the two, and the rakshikshati vishvashvo gopritvevaranamtata. These two are interchangeably, depends who you're listening to, different charges are um, understood to be the swarup lakshan of Sharanagati. Swarup lakshan means the, lakshan means characteristic. Swarup means, in this context, the, the principal, primary characteristic. There are marginal characteristics of a thing. You might say something is marginally characterized by what it's not, let's say, for example, and principally characterized by what it is. So, within Sharanagati, the idea that Krishna is my protector, Krishna is my maintainer, these are interchangeably thought to be the Swarup Lakshan, or both of them, the Swarup Lakshan, primary uh, characteristic symptom of Sharanagati. Hmm? So you can see, um, first comes Gopritvevaranam Tata. Hmm? Krishna is our maintainer. They were thinking Indra was, the sky god Indra was the maintainer because if they didn't worship him, they wouldn't get the rains, they wouldn't have the grasses, the cows would not flourish, and so on and so forth. So they were making this yagya. And Krishna starts to complain about it, as we heard yesterday. And he questions Nanda Maharaj. And he, he really questions him. And he, say, he, he says, you know, uh, why do you do this? Do you even know why you're doing it? Hmm? Or do you just do it? People are running around here like robots doing this stuff. Do they? Th is there any thinking behind this? He, he asks like this. And it basically means to say that most people involved in ritualistic kind of worship are not are just doing it mechanically, mm -hmm. and certainly that's the case in Varnashram. It's totally there's, there's totally mechanically. What he means there is there's no love, there's no love in Varnashram, mm -hmm. or very little. The more there are rules, the less there is love. The more there is love, the less there are rules. Mm -hmm. Love rules. <laughs> love overrules, I should say. So Varnashram is full of rules. That's what it is. It's just a whole litany of rules that just how to do everything. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's all for the purpose of getting what you want. So you follow the rules to get what you want. Mm -hmm. So and and it's it's uh, poly, you know, theistic. So it's a, it's worship of all the different gods. And this god gives this. This god gives this. This goddess gives that. So you got. You're worshiping them all, and all for things. Hmm? There's not even love for the gods, and uh, and the gods don't 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 love the the people. It's not that Indra loved the Brajbasis, right? 
How could he respond that way? If they, you know, if your kids, you know, if you love your kids and your kids decide to, you know, revolt or something like that, you don't, you know, you don't kill them, you know. <laughs> so, so the, you know, he's the sky god and they're the earth people, and they just don't mix. <laughs> they just, they just don't get together. They got some relationship through some symbols and and sacrifices and 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 whatnot, but they just, they just don't like. They don't get together, hmm. and they don't get together with one another either. They're all divided into these different classes and castes and and so forth. It's all this separation and and so forth. So uh, uh, this is not like Vrindavan. Everybody's one there. Hmm. Everybody's one. All for Krishna. Krishna for all. Something like that. <laughs> Krishna centered. So you can't you can't do that with the demigod worship it's not possible you have to cover all your base well all about yourself so you got to cover all your bases all your senses and and whatnot and how they correspond with different aspects of nature and and so on so big ordeal this barnashram and it is the dharma that krishna says should be rejected sarva that's what he's saying sarva dharma and put it you have to give this up and me only from a polytheistic to a monotheistic kind of view from the small g gods to the big g god hmm? uh, and all of the small g gods are understood then as you know as as partial manifestations of the uh, all powerful that you know that, that he is hmm? his power represented in some way so so uh, this is a big, very, you know, important point. A lot of people, and, and a lot of Prabhupada's disciples, uh, they're into this uh, Barnashram idea. This Prabhupada talked a little bit about Barnashram. Hmm? Um, not very much. In some places in his books he says it's impossible to reestablish and so forth. But he had some idea about it, and it basically it comes from Bhakti Siddhanta, and Bhakti Siddhanta was told by Bhakti Vinod to establish Darva Varnashram as you've already started in the letter and establish the Yoga Peet and so forth. But you have to understand what that was about. At the time, as I said earlier on, Bhakti Siddhanta was fighting with Asura Varnashram, this kind of um, Varnashram represented by the Smartas in which birth determined everything about your position in society and, and, and your religious status and so forth. And um, it was set in stone, and, and if you wanted to attain God, you, which who, who was impersonal Brahman, then you'd have to be born in a Brahman family, and then after several births and several Brahman families, you take sannyas, and then you could. And so, um, this is a different, actually, idea of Varnashram than you find in the Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is speaks about Varnashram in the seventh canto. Prahlad speaks about it. Of course, if you understand the context, what he says. He speaks about it, and he speaks about Shuddha Bhakti, and he compares the two. Hmm? And obviously, he's talking about the virtues of Shuddha Bhakti, and 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 by way of comparison, you're supposed to come to the conclusion that I should embrace Uttam Bhakti, hmm? not uh, not Varnashram. You can embrace Varnashram, a Vishnu-centered Varnashram, like it's mentioned in the Bhagavatam. If you live in a Varnashram society, when in Rome, do as the Romans, something like that, hmm? to set example. But if you don't live in one, and you wouldn't even be accepted in one <laughs> because of your, your birth and so forth, 
doesn't make a lot of sense to reestablish it. But he, he was fighting with the Varnashramis and so forth, and so one of the ways to you know prevail was to point out that you're not even you, you've got an asura form of Varnashram where you know you make these determinations based on birth alone, and, and the whole thing becomes corrupt, and it's a symbol of sam- sample of Kali Yuga, the corruption of the Brahmins, and so on and so forth. So. For the religious Varnashram society, he said, teach the right way. You know, preach what is the right way. And that right way brings Vishnu more into the center, if you will. And so he connects it slightly with Bhakti and so forth. So Prabhupada, you know, wanted to do everything that Bhakti Siddhanta ever, you know, wanted. So he had some idea about it. But at times he said it's it's actually impossible. And, and, um, and, uh, I mean, what do you, you know? I was talking with a devotee. The devotee wrote me, a nice devotee, asking questions about Varnashram. He's a devotee from Iskon, and uh, so I very much tried to help him, and I was successful. And I, uh, and he was thinking that we need to change the, take over the world. You know, this is the destiny, and so we're going to have to establish Varnashram. And I said, to, among other things, I said, well, what are you going to do then? You're going to go out and you know, t- tell people. Uh, come on back to our temple, and you know, we're having a program tonight. When you get there, you know, you say, "Well, you're a sudra, and uh, your wife is a brahmin, so like that doesn't work. Separate you guys out here. These are your duties, and it, you know, or you could tell them to chant Hare Krishna. I mean, you know, you already tell them to chant Hare Krishna. So if you want to establish Varnashram so that they can then come to bhakti, of course, Varnashram doesn't necessarily lead to bhakti. Only bhakti gives bhakti, and I kind of put it out like that. And he said, yeah, "That makes a lot of sense." <laughs> yeah, forget it. You know, forget it. Uh, of course, uh, you know, you acknowledge this at the same time, and this is, I think, what Bhakti Vinodakar was also thinking: is that people have their psycho, um, physiological, you know, sensibilities that, that they don't go away according to the gunas, and that's what the Varnashram, you know, makes determinations. People have a Brahman psyche and physique, and so they naturally be inclined towards certain activities. So you don't ignore that. Hmm? And therefore he tried to create, through Bhakti Siddhanta, as he did, institutions, engage people in all ways and walks of life in connection with Bhakti and, and in consideration of their psychophysiological makeup, but in such a way that they would be working with that to retire it and awaken the ego of of being a servant of Krishna. This is the problem with Varnashram. It fosters the very ego of I am a this or I am a that, that, that uh, rather than that I am, which would be the moksha side of Varnashram, but it doesn't extend to I am a gopi or I am a gopa. And that's the foundation of bhakti. Gopi bhartu padakamayo das das anadas Mahaprabhu taught like this. So, so at any rate, this—that's why this this leela is kind of really playing out the conclusion of the Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. Give up the worship of the other gods, and that's Varnashram is polytheistic. Give up worship of the gods and Ananya Bhakti. come, only worship me. This is what Krishna established. Mm-hmm. It said that he created the whole thing. We began yesterday by describing he's. Sukadev says that the, the, the all-knowing, omniscient Krishna asked his father the following question. So the two things, the Aishvarya and the Madhurya together. Who, who is the, all, the all-knowing person? What's he asking a question for? So, so.
So he asks, and 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 he he's thought from his all-knowing perspective to have arranged the whole thing that uh, uh, that he could make the point through his leela for all of us. What is uh, 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 ananya bhakti and sharanagati? The pre- they're premikas, but they are sharanagatas. You can be a sharanagata and not have prem, but you cannot have prem and not be a sharanagata. Hmm? Sharanagati, again, is the outer expression of shraddha, and it's fully established in the stage of ruchi. And that, at that point, the, the stage, the dramatic stage on which the leela of Krishna will appear is established, directed in the heart. And in asakti, then the drama starts to, be, starts to begin, and bhava did on... It's in full, full swing. Hmm? Um, so, therefore, Sadhana Bhakti's focus is on Shraddha and Sharanagati, and Bhava Bhakti's focus is on longing. And there's some overlapping, of course. The higher you go into Sadhana Bhakti, the more there'll be longing. Hmm? But the longing will be just what Bhakti Siddhanta described it: first desire, first deserve, then desire. Hmm? So I've given an example. Let's say you want to go to India. Okay, you come to me and say, "I want to go to India, Swami." So that's a great idea, and uh, and I say, "Do you have a ticket? No. Do you have a passport? No. And you don't have a visa, right? No. Do you have a job? No." So like, if you want to go to India, I'll, I'll tell you. Tell me about it. Okay, I'll tell you. Get a job. Hmm? What are you talking about? Get a job. I want to go to India. Tell me all about it. Well, I said, "I don't want to waste my time," you know get a job, then come and see me. So then he goes and gets a job. And then he said, now get a passport, you know. Finally, you get a plane ticket. Now, let's talk about the places you might go and where you might, you know. Now it's worth spending the time on that. Hmm? Before that, you just want to talk about where you're going to go and so forth, and you just waste my time. Hmm? Hmm? So this is, uh, again, the approach of Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur. Yes, Know where you want to go, but know where you are, and so focus on the Sharanagati. Hmm? That's a big thing. Hmm? No other desire. Only desire for bhakti, taste for bhakti. Hmm? And that comes in, can make, have serious talk about um, the destination. Hmm? You can come, start to become more preoccupied with that. That will be a desire that is deserving, so to speak. First, first deserve, then, then desire. If you, you know, I want, a, I want a mango. Okay, here it is. Give him a seed. Hmm? No, I wanted a mango. That is a mango, you idiot. Now, <laughs> now you have to dig a hole. I want to pick it from a tree, and you want me to dig a hole. You know, it's just the opposite. Hmm? So people like to hear beautifully about the goal, but then when you talk about how to get there, they've got something else to do. Yeah. So this Leela is about that something else to do, you know, in an in a, in a overarching way. We have to expand upon it and elaborate upon it. But hmm. So from from a classical, you know, uh, context of the text and so forth, people had to extract themselves from Varnashram and believe only in Krishna. And we, it's hard for us to relate to because we're not Varnashramis. So, but if that's your whole upbringing, and this is this is not only the religious, but the whole social order and everything, and you're going to forego it entirely 
it's not very PC. You're like really on your own, you know, path here. You're going against the current. And, you know, it's not a problem worshiping Krishna, but I mean, not at the cost of not worshiping Durga and Kali and, and Ganesh and you know you got to cover all your bases you know something like that you know you have used to be you have sons and they wanted many sons and the one would be a doctor one would be a lawyer and it wasn't thought that women could be doctors or lawyers I guess in those days but, uh, one would be a you know um, um, something else you know you have all your bases covered something like that so it is with Varnashram you want to worship all the gods make sure everything's covered in your human life that your human life and your human ego will be preserved as long as possible, healthy and happy and so forth. And then Krishna comes along and says, just worship me. And as far as that ego goes, they'll just stamp it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll kill it. Open season on that. So this is a very radical, hmm? extremely radical proposal. Krishna says, just uh, sin and come to me. Hmm? Because to forego the Varnashram is a sin. Hmm? From the Varnashram perspective, that you're foregoing all these things, that's sinful. Hmm? Do it, and and I will protect you. Hmm? So, anyway, the inhabitants of Vrindavan, they, they don't need all that explanation. They're, Krishna gives explanations as to why they should forego the Indra Yagya, but really the, the reason they forego it is because they're just charmed by him. Nanda puts him on his lap and says, okay, what do you want to ask? What are your questions? Big questions you have. Huh? Who is the Indra? Okay, a little explanation here. We, we're cowherds. We need grass. Indra provides the rain and so forth. So he gives this simple explanation. And see, we know what we're doing here, you know. And, and then, but then Krishna doesn't accept it. He comes back and says, well, you know, I don't think it's a good idea. Hmm? And then he speaks Karma Mimamsa philosophy, Sankhya philosophy, and and it's, but it's not that these forms of argument that he gave are, are necessarily convincing Nanda Maharaj. He was just charmed by a seven-year-old boy talking about the, you know, s- s- some of the prevailing currents of philosophical thought in the world of the day, and he was well-versed in them. Where did he get that, you know? It's not like Nanda Bob is a philosopher, Right. He's a, a cowherd, and so his son starts speaking. And so he's just charmed that by him, that's all. Hmm? And so Indra's thinking, so, this is typical of the household, they're charmed by their kids, right? They're charmed by their kids, and they'll forego religion and my worship, hmm? and I provide the reins just because they're enamored by their kids. Hmm? And so he's not very happy with that. So anyway, so there's a... <laughs> there's the emphasis on Sharanakati, the devotees do it, they all take shelter of Krishna, and there are repercussions. So that we have to be reminded of. So if I say to you, come, surrender to Krishna, hmm? come, and you read about it, go, yes, we'll go on Sankirtan, and we'll chant in the public, and flowers will fall from the sky, and tears will pour from our eyes, and the people will be taken up, and then you go out there and people throw stuff at you or whatever. You know, it wasn't so easy in the beginning. Sometimes they'd get, get beaten up on Hollywood Boulevard there. <laughs> and so uh, Prabhupada invoked the 
the, the, uh, the, the protector of Kirtan, hmm? residing in Godrum, hmm? as he does the island of Kirtan, which is also the island of Sakyarasa, the place of Nanda Maharaj, this Nishringadev, hmm? to protect the devotees and send Kirtan and so forth. So no, you, you surrender and then, then your friends reject you, <laughs> The world thinks that you're crazy, and and uh, it's not that everybody just cooperates all, you know, miraculously, and and there the struggle. Now the struggle begins. Hmm? We've given ourselves to Krishna, so we've stepped on that side, and now we have to kind of wage a war with with the with the, the our previous some scars and tendencies and so forth our defaults that take us in a different direction and so forth. So, so from Shraddha hmm, that comes out of Sat, excuse me, out of Sadhu Sangha comes um, Bhajanakriya, hmm, the practicing life. What a beautiful thing, the practicing life with all of its ups and downs. It's a learning curve. So it goes like this, goes like this. It's always going up to the highest peak, but sometimes it looks like it's going down along the way. Hmm? Properly understood. So it's a, it's a, it's just a struggle. It's a beautiful thing, but but it's a do or die kind of a hmm, approach hmm? and a purging and so forth. So they surrendered, hmm? and they worshipped Goberdon Hill, circumambulated the hill, huge party. Hmm? So much prashadam and kirtan intimacy and and so forth, and Krishna showed himself as the hill, stood on top of the hill, and paid obeisances to the hill and to himself on top of the hill, <laughs> and everybody's just like, "Did you see that? <laughs> Did you see that? Huh. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere." Well, that's our feeling. Krishna's everywhere. Wherever we we can never get him off of our mind. We must have just been hallucinating that he's on top of the hill as well. Um, he is the hill. Krishna said, "Look, the hill has come to life. Your sacrifice is successful. Hmm? The God, the Mountain God, has spoken." And what did he say? Anior, Anior, give me more. Feed me more. More food is brought and more cooked and it's a. Huh? And he's laughing, ha ha ha, and his eyes look up, ha ha, into the heavens. Hmm? <laughs> and Krishna's saying, "Yes, yeah, see, see, you, you, you've brought the apparent inanimate to life. Hmm? The mountain god has spoken. Hmm? I told you, worship the mountain. He's alive. He's providing for us, right? And so." Then the repercussions. In the midst, on the midst of the party, cl- clouds come. Some Bartaka, Indra gathers his clouds and says, All right, I've got a mission for you now. This is what these people are disrespecting me on earth, enamored by their child, hmm? and, and disregarding the religious principles. I'm going to send you there the clouds, the Sambartaka. That means the clouds of devastation, world-destroying clouds. And ascend them over this village of Vrindavan. You're going to rain down there and drown them out, and kill their cows, and finish them. This is his idea. And the clouds are like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, 
uh, and the clouds of Vrindavan, of course, the clouds of Vrindavan, they're all in Sakyarasa. Hmm? Because they have likeness, likeness with Krishna. Same color as Krishna. Hmm? Rain clouds. Hmm? And they, they're dressed like Krishna with, with, with lightning, mm-hmm. lightning yellow color dhoti he wears. So they, they are dark and they have the flash of lightning, flashy dressers, the cows. And, and, and they rumble, make a nice sound, like Krishna's flute and so forth. It's been described. They're all in Sakirasa. They don't rain, they cry. Hmm? In ecstasy. Hmm? To be able to give a little shade for Krishna <laughs> and cool, uh, you know, they just, they just rain where, it, where it rain's needed, you know. The clouds organize it, so it only rains where it it needs rain, something like that. Hmm? And so now these Sambartaka clouds come, but they're going to meet the clouds of Vrindavan. Indra sent them on a on a on a, on a demonic mission. They had a little reservation, but what can they do there under the order of Indra? So they come, but they have to mingle with the clouds of Vrindavan. So some some conversions there. Sambartaka. This is also the name of Balaram's plow. Its plow is called Sambartaka because it, like the clouds, it ends the world. Hmm? You understand? Those clouds bring an end to the world. They're world devastating. The world cannot hold up to them. And the plow of Balaram, he's he's an agriculturalist, this Balaram. Hmm? And the plow, he plows. This is the guru's position as a representative of Baladev, Akanda Guru Tattva. Mm, he makes the heart fertile, mm, like you make the soil fertile with a plow for planting the seed of bhakti. Mm. So Balaran's plow brings an end to the world. It's world devastating, world finishing, ending the world mm, in a real sense. Mm. So these clouds, they're now mixing with Vrindavan. Hmm? They seem to have a demonic role, but what they're really showing, hmm? they have a conversion, so they're happy with what they do. They're really showing is that, 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 that Krishna Bhakti is world-ending. Hmm? They rain and pour like anything. Hmm? And, and well, they could devastate the whole world they could not even cause one leaf to fall from one Kalpa Briksha tree in Vrindavan. <coughs> the Vrindavan could not be devastated. Hmm? So if you have the Vrindavan conception in your heart, hmm? you can live forever. The world, the sun will burn out. It will have no effect on you. There's a place hmm? Hmm? beyond the world, so to speak. It's all, even the sun, as I say, coming and going. This is the teaching. And the Vrindavan, uh, 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 make this your heart. More man Vrindavan, Mahaprabhu said. My mind is Vrindavan. This is Radharani speaking. Mahaprabhu said it in Radha. My mind is Vrindavan. Hmm? Come, he told Krishna. Live there. You have to live there. So... This is the teaching, Ben, hmm? that um, the abode of Krishna, this realm, 
Let him never perish. Going there, let him never return. Hmm? Nothing, nothing can harm it in any possible way. Fully protected. Who's the premika? Is a sharanagata. Fully protected. So they first they 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 gave up the idea that the gods were maintaining them, and they took shelter of Krishna, Govardhan Hill, and then now the protection. There were consequences. The world revolted, so to speak, and uh, and Krishna protected them, and the world was retired. Vrindavan remained. And this way, they uh, Indra became a little uh, embarrassed and frustrated, and 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 one one yaksha came hmm, to heaven, one demon, and said, "Man, hey, you're doing a great job down there." Hmm? And when <laughs> Indra, when you know he's on the god side, not the demon side, when a demon came there and congratulated him, he thought. What am I doing? What's going on? The demons are congratulating me, and I'm not having success. And what am I? And so he had to rethink things, and he realized this Krishna must be Vishnu. So he said, "Excuse me for a minute." Uh, he went behind the closed doors <laughs> and thought, "Now what? You know, uh, what have I done?" Hmm? So he went to Brahma, thought he'd get some advice from Brahma, and Brahma said, <laughs> "You come to me? <laughs> what are you nuts?" You think I'm going to advise you? I stole all his calves and his cowherd boys. That's what I did. And then, 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 and then I paid my obeisance to him, and he just sat there. He just said, he didn't say a word. I spoke like hundreds of verses and glorification to him. He just looked at me. I circumambulated him, went away, and. And, and, and then you try to kill his cows, and you want me to... I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And he said, well, maybe you'll see Surabi, the queen of the, of the cows, and talk to her. So he went there. She said, come on, we'll go down there to earth. And So the whole Leela finished, and, and, and everyone went outside. The hill went back down and everything. And, and then Krishna went alone along the, along the border of... The, of, of of the uh, Govardhan Hill, by himself, separate from all the cowherds, just to walk and think about it. <laughs> he was giving Indra an opportunity to come and and because if you have to come and apologize to a great man in front of his whole entourage, it's a little hard. <laughs> so he made it easy for him. So came Indra came, and the gods are like watching the whole thing, kind of accompanying him in the background. He comes on his elephant carrier and so forth. And then there are the profuse prayers of Indra and Surabi gives beautiful prayers and the bathing of Krishna, which became Govindakund, and the coronation of Krishna, the god of gods. He's given the name Govinda, hmm? which means the big Indra or Upendra, said in the, maybe some of the Puranas, the Upa Indra, the big Indra. But the big Indra means the chief, the chief of chiefs, something like that. And then all the gods, they gave a gift to Krishna. Some dress, some helmet, some pot, uh, incense pot, uh, 
burning fragrant incense, all kinds of things like this, otherworldly type of stuff. Hmm? And then they they made their way through the sky. <laughs> and the, the cowherds are a little bit of distance watching all this. What's going on over there? Who's that four-headed guy and that five-faced guy and the guy with guy with eyes all over his body and stuff? And, and then they, they catch up with Krishna and they say, give me that hat, I want that hat. Give me that robe, I'll wear that robe. And then they come home all dressed in this royal godly paraphernalia, all these cowherds and so forth. Their parents looking like, what are you guys, where did you get all that stuff? And, and Madhu Mungo says, well, there was this four-headed guy who came. And there was a five-headed person also over there. And there's a guy with eyes all over his body. And, uh, and then they said, okay, and they just prefer we asked. You know, <laughs> and then, of course, the end. And we touched on it. And the cowherd men uh, reflect on all of this. And they think, you know, wait a minute. You know, if we add, start connecting the dots here, there's a conclusion that, that, I'm, that we're uncomfortable with. You know, we see this. He lifted the Govardhan Hill in full view. Everybody saw that. That's pretty extraordinary. And then, remember, what about that Putna? What about the cart, you know, and it fell? And, and then and there was this story, and the coward boy said this, and 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 he, we're treating him like, like our own son. And some's not, you know, the math is not playing out here. And so they started to feel some some somewhat uncomfortable because hmm? they have Vatsalya Bhav they want that but the but the evidence was showing you, you can't have Vatsalya Bhav for God <laughs> uh, you can't be the protector of God hmm? so they turned to Nanda Marj of course he says don't worry and he, in Bhagavatam comes the same verses they are find in the 8th chapter of the 10th canto where, when it, where the name-giving ceremony is given. Hmm? And Gargamuni gives the famous statement, your son will be like Narayan. The way they interpret it is, Krishna will be like Narayan, but Narayan is not like Krishna. Hmm? So they, they, they interpret it, that Narayan's, some of Narayan's power will come into Krishna. He'll be empowered. He'll still be Krishna. He's our son, but he gets some powers from Narayan sometimes to do special things. So Nandamar says, come on, you're not doing the whole equation. Let's do the whole equation. Yes, he did this. Yes, he did that. They say he did this. Maybe he did that. And so they, these are all extraordinary things. But that would all say that he's God. I agree with you. But let's look at the, re the whole picture. Hmm? Okay, does God throw temper tantrums? Okay. Hmm? Does God steal? Okay, you know. So he goes through all his Madhuri experiences as a parent, and they go, "Yeah, right, you're right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so they happily carry on, <laughs> as as and and Gargamel he said, in his prayers, "Therefore, you should protect this boy. Hmm? You should take very good care of him." Hmm? So yeah, that's right, that's who he liked. So in this way, we go through something, some thoughts on the Govardhan Leela. Shigiraj Govardhan ki jai, wonderful Krishna ki jai. Oh, Tremanandi. So, we, this is a little long. What time is it? 12.20. Okay, so will there be, there'll be an Arctic and Prashad like yesterday? Is that the plan? Any question? Yes. Uh, after your first uh, talk, you were explaining how Lord Chaitanya actually entered into service to... Radha 
capacity of a, of a handmaiden. handmaiden. I'm bewildered by how someone that's completely absorbed in by the Swarup Shakti in service could again could be pulled from that service. The way we characterize it is back to external consciousness. So I'm a little confused how the, I mean, it would seem that the Swarup Shakti is receding. Uh-huh. Well, and in, 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 um, in Bhava Bhakti, that's the case. Hmm? And so, um, and we see that. And, and this is the case for the Uttamadikari period. It's not that, um, you know, for example, there's a description of the Uttamadikari or Uttambhakta in, in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam. He sees Krishna everywhere. Everything in Krishna, Krishna in everything. So this is a vision that you cannot function in the world under the influence of. You can't discriminate and make your way through the world, speak, a sp- talk to people, and, uh, uh, and, and preach to them. For example, even um, it's not possible. That's why Prabhupada himself would say that, oh, some of the preachers there are madhyamadikaris, some are uttamadikaris, but they pull themselves back from their uttam position <laughs> to discriminate in a, in a madhyam space, so to speak, of external consciousness. So we don't we find. Even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was often in external consciousness. Sometimes he would enter deep into internal consciousness and, and have completely otherworldly experiences, entering into the Leela and so forth. And then he would come back out to partial and then fully external consciousness. You couldn't get a more Uttam Adhikar, you know, uh, Adhikari than, than Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if you will. Hmm? So the point being, he's not always in that space of being unable to discriminate and so forth. But, that said, in Bhava Bhakti, that's what happens. You enter deeply in and then you come back out. You mean and come back out. And, and, and so it's a, it's a practice of entering in. And then at a certain point, you enter in and you don't come back. Hmm? Of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, 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 is Krishna himself. Hmm? And uh, tasting different different babas and so forth, but again, much of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life is in external consciousness for for teaching. If he was always deeply in internal consciousness, then he couldn't he couldn't teach. He couldn't give the siksha to Sanatana and so forth. So, if you, um, I don't know if you necessarily want to refer to it as the Sarup Shakti, you know. Receding, it's not that it recedes and you come under the influence of the external energy, the Maya Shakti. That's not what happens. But it's something like, maybe not the best example, but there's union and there's separation. So it works in different ways. Sometimes it would be more more in, intense and sometimes less intense. But Daivim Prakriti Mashrita, they're moving. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is Krishna and is Acharya Lila, so he's acting like an, like a, like an Acharya. So, um, he's always moving under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, but sometimes it moves him in some one way and sometimes it moves him in another way. And sometimes it, that facilitates being externally conscious or, or um, being oblivious to the external world. Does that help?
Yes. Um, when you were talking about the progression, like knowing where we are now and knowing where we want to go, and patiently waiting to get there. Um, also, I should say this, too, there's, there's different elements of the Sarup Shakti. Ladini, Sambit, Sandini. Sometimes you'd be more under the influence of Ladini, sometimes more under the influence of Sambit, sometimes more under the influence of Sandini, and it will cause different experiences, different angles of vision, and so forth. So, it may be good to add to the answer. I'm sorry. Is it advisable as we um, engage in our sadhana and our practices to actually beg the guru and the guru parampara, you know, for more eligibility to to advance? Yeah, that's all we do. Yeah, that's our sadhana. <laughs> that's the whole sadhana. <laughs> that's the center to it. Yeah, then you do the practice, but that's the yeah. the spirit of it. Yeah, that's what we're aspiring for more eligibility, for more practice, to deepen our practice and experience. Yes? Well, the Swoop Shakti has three elements, Ladini, Sandini, Sambit, ex, you know, ecstasy, love, Ananda, it means knowledge and existence. So, like the modes of nature, Sattvarajas and Thomas, you can be completely under the influence of material nature, but sometimes you're under the influence of sattva, and so it's a different experience. Hmm? So it's more of a clearing experience, and you know, and then you go under the influence of tamaguna, and you're like lost, you know, completely. And so, ignorance is bliss. It works the opposite way. The more the uh, the, the, the ladini is of, is is influencing, the less conscious you're going to be in the external world. Hmm? Just like the more under the tamagoon, the more you're going to be inoperable, if you will. <laughs> uh, so, and sometimes certain comments on the texts by great acharyas are being made from an influence, one of those influences, Sandini, Sambit, Ladini, of different angles of vision, and that's how we can sometimes reconcile differences, the statements, and angles of vision, and so forth. Hmm? Um, you know, like, who's Krishna's guru? You know, could look at it from the Ladini perspective. It's the dancing of Radha, so otherwise. So it's a way uh, sometimes which to understand the commentaries. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just reading how Ladini, Sandit, and Sandini are manifest and not the Sad, not Ananda. Um, so two questions. One, do you have any comment about that? And secondly, you said that these three energies are like Satchitananda on steroids. And um, could you talk about that a little bit? Well, where did you read that? Um, in Madhurya Kadambini. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
seems to read that right exactly. But uh, I think that the I have to look at it. But what's being said is that that the Srupa Shakti is Chit Shakti, which means it's consciousness. Hmm? Hmm? That's kind of a broader, overarching name. It doesn't necessarily mean that the, that the, that the, the sum bit, which would correspond with the word chit, of the Srupa Shakti is the genesis of the, of the Ladini and the, the um, sum bit. Indeed, the Ladini is more the lead, just like we think that the existential and cognitive manifestations of Bhagwan, Brahman, and Paramatma, respectively, are really support in supporting roles to the Ananda. Hmm? So, Bhagwan is the object of Ananda, of Bhakti, and love. Paramatma, the object of, of Chit and Brahman of Sat. Hmm? And we think that that uh, the two, sun, sun, Sat and Chit, are more or less subordinate, like Brahman and Paramatma are, to Bhagavan, subordinate to Ananda. Hmm? So when you say that the Ladini, Sandini, Sambit are part of the Chit Shakti, it means they're not part of the Achit Shakti. They're not coming from, they're all, they're all, it's, it's, the, it's the Shakti of the consciousness world. Now, when I say that Satchitananda, Samdini, Landini, Sambit are Satchitananda steroids, steroids, because I mean Satchitananda and Sandini, Sambit, Ladini, the words mean the same thing. Existence, knowledge, bliss. But it's often kind of described as a, as a quantitative difference. We are Satchitananda Anu. Anu means like atomic, atomic particle of Satchitananda. Hmm? Like a spark, okay? A spark is fire, right? It's not different than the fire, but you can't cook with it. You can't heat with it. So it's different from the fire. So we are the spark, and Krishna is the fire. We're Krishna, but we're not Krishna. Hmm? Right? Hmm? And we're constituted of Satchitananda. But what we are, in terms of Satchitananda, if you were to compare that to the Satchitananda of Bhagawan or the Satchit or the Sambit Ladini and Sandini of, of Bhagawan's Chichakti, his Swarup Shakti. Chichakti is another way of saying Swarup Shakti. It has these elements. Hmm? <coughs> Then it, it it it's like Shridharmarsh gave the example. If you're if you got a, a little bit of money, it, you might be good to connect with a person who has more money, hmm? and be, and your 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 venture would be capitalized hmm? by someone who has more. Let's say you know y- y- what you can get, you can only uh, make a small you know venture with your money, but if you put it in with somebody else who puts it in a bigger way, then you might get a bigger return on your money, something like that. This idea. So, sometimes it's looked, often described as kind of quantitative, like you say, you know, the bliss 
Rupa Goswami says the bliss, the ananda of prem is if you could take the ananda of of Brahman and multiply it a trillion fold, it wouldn't compare to a tiny atomic tiny atomic an atomic particle of prem. So it's a quantitative kind of example, right? Hmm? There's more. Um, so it's often taught so that if I say on steroids, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you, the Satchitananda, but it's like increased. Um, but I think also there's a qualitative difference also. So but it means a super existence, you know, a super, you know, you exist and you know and you have Ananda, but. But, but the Sandini, for example, makes for a, a super existence, the existence of of the Paravyom, of the spiritual world, and the knowing, the knowing that I'm a cowherd, I'm a gopi, that kind of knowing. Hmm? That's also a kind of ignorance. And the, and the Ananda that comes from it, uh, divine ignorance, I'm saying. So it's different than, it's different than what, you can't do that with the Satchitananda, of that the soul's constituted of. Atmananda and Bhaktiananda are different things. Hmm? They're similar. Hmm? And if the Atmananda combines with Bhaktiananda, then it can taste Bhakti. You can taste Bhaktiananda, the Ananda of Bhakti. Hmm? But the Ananda of the soul and the Ananda of Bhakti, if the, if the Ananda of Brahman can't be compared to an atomic particle of the Ananda of Prem, what speak of the Ananda of the Atma? Hmm? Therefore, Sanatana Goswami describes the Ananda of the Atma as a relief. He compares it to being just a relief of being freed from the thread of non-existence. The big, ah, I exist. I'm loving it. So as I say, I love to exist is one thing, but to exist to love, that's another thing. That way, wow, those are worlds apart. So, indeed, Again, what to speak of the ananda of bhakti, or let's say the satchitananda of bhakti, being superior to the satchitananda of the jiva, it's superior, if you will, to the satchitananda of Krishna. Therefore, the swarup ananda of Krishna, the bliss of Krishna's swarup, is extraordinary, but the Swarup Ananda, hmm, Swarup Shakti Ananda, the Ananda of Swarup Shakti, it attracts him. You understand? It attracts him. So that's his whole. That's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes out of that reality, hmm? and so the the Ananda of, of Bhakti, therefore, is very extraordinary because the Ananda of the Jiva is there, but the Satchitananda of the Jiva is not sufficient to dispel the influence of Maya. Hmm? The Zatasta Jiva, although it's constituted of Satchitananda, cannot dispel any more than a spark can the night, hmm? the darkness of, of, of Maya Shakti. But the Ananda, the Ladini, the Ananda of the Sarup Shakti, can overwhelm Krishna. That's what Krishna means. Krishna means the Godhead overwhelmed by his own Sarup Shakti and therefore appearing as Krishna. Hmm? Therefore, 
there's somebody standing next to Radha. Radha is that Swarup Shakti Ananda. Mahabhav Swarupani. And, and, and she's completely focused on someone. The object that corresponds with her love, that's Krishna. And he is, you know, controlled. He tried to show four arms to her. Hmm? Right? In the Vasanta Rasalila. And he couldn't. He couldn't manifest four arms. So, she is making him. Do you understand? She, she's behind his, his form. Hmm? People think they have a form. That their 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 atma has a form somewhere in there, a spiritual form. Hmm? Without bhakti, and then you get bhakti, and then it comes out. As some people think, like Krishna doesn't even have a form <laughs> without bhakti. <laughs> He's Brahman. Hmm? This is the point of the whole the Gita, one of the points of the Gita Govinda. Krishna could not show four arms. It means. He he he's held in that position. She's holding him together. Hmm? Her that's that's beta beta. The her love corresponds with the object of love. So, and, and in Brahman, the Srup Shakti is practically not manifest. So, but still, hmm? seems like it's more because it's everywhere, all knowing. But of course, we know it's less. Hmm? So, what is the power of bhakti? Is the bhakti can make he who is everywhere move. That's impossible. If you're everywhere, how can you move? Where are you going to go? But she can make him move, and 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 keep moving. Hmm? That's the whole thing. Krishna Lila, he's never stops. Hmm? The more you go down on the theistic spectrum, the, the more inactive the Godhead becomes. Mahavishnu just kind of snoozing out, you know. Dreaming up a world, uh, waking up, dream it again. Uh, they offer, you know, some food, eat, go back to bed, eat, go back to bed. And Krishna, he's up all night, you know. He's that's the whole idea. Twenty-four hour service is possible. Astakalila, hmm? in Madurasa, is constantly going on. Never stops. Never stops. Twenty-four hours. It's fully animated, fully animated. Hmm? So, if she has, Sarup Shakti, the power to overwhelm Krishna, hmm, then what to speak of her power to dispel the influence of Maya? Hmm? If you want to dispel the influence of Maya, Bhakti is the way, for sure. And Bhakti is not inside of you. Nowhere is it said that, that Bhakti is... Swarup Shakti, which Bhakti is constituted of, is is part of the makeup of the jiva. If it was, how could it be unenlightened? Right? Maya Shakti can't stand in the face of the, the Swarup Shakti. So we need to invite that Swarup Shakti, Bhakti, Bhakti Adhikar into our lives. We become more and more eligible to take advantage of Bhakti. And how will we become eligible? By more Bhakti. Because Bhakti gets bhakti only she's independent nothing else is causing her if it did then it would be superior to her and there's nothing superior to her not even Krishna but oh she won't say that but Krishna says it hmm? and that is what he does in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Krishna comes to celebrate and announce to the world the position of 
Radha and his Rup Shakti is supreme, is supreme, look at me, it's driving me crazy, it's driving me crazy. That's what he says. Jai Radhe, so this is, this is a Godi of Vaishnavism. Hmm? Yeah. So then, um, in delineating a different level, or separating out the Sambit, Sambini, Flavini from Satchitananda, it's in a way describing the extent to which um, the Bhaktiananda, the power of Bhakti Devi, is greater than the Satchitananda. It's um, so you said it's a, qualifica- a quali- qualitative um, expression. Well, I said it's often spoken of in a quantitative way, but it's also qualitative in that this way. Maya Shakti is one thing, right? It's one Shakti. Jeev Shakti is another Shakti, right? In Prabhupada's language, you have the external energy, the marginal energy, and the internal energy, the Sarup Shakti. So, Jeeva Shakti and Maya Shakti, they're qualitatively different, right? And the Jeeva Shakti and the Sarup Shakti are also qualitatively different. But, there's a greater qualitative difference between the Jiva Shakti and the Maya Shakti because one is achit, unconscious, inert, the Maya Shakti, and the Jiva Shakti is not. It's it's animus, alive. It's 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 conscious. So there's a qualitative difference, but there's also qualitative difference between the Jiva Shakti and the Srup Shakti, but they're more similar because they're both chit. Hmm? They're both conscious. Hmm? They're more. Sim- That's why they can integrate. Hmm? That's why you get a body made of Sarup Shakti. You think, well, wait a minute. Then I'm not that body? I'm, I'm Jeev Shakti. The body is Sarup Shakti. So when I go to the spiritual world, I'm not my body either. Hmm? But the difference is, there's a, they're both subjective. So there's a, they can intermingle in a way that we cannot mingle with the objective world. Hmm? So it's just like, in love, so if you get if love comes into you, then you become you're the same person, but you become more somehow or other. Hmm? So Srup Shakti is like the ingress of love of Bhagawan into the heart of the Jiva. So there's a, there's an intermingling, hmm? and um, and in that form, hmm, just like here, I can say you're not the body, or I can say you are the body. And I can support either one. Hmm? You are your body. Hmm? Because what is your body? Your body corresponds with your consciousness. Hmm? Is your consciousness you? Yeah. <laughs> so your body is you. <laughs> so you are your body. Hmm? You understand? So in bhakti, then, the Swarup Shakti is the the, the, the Swarup, the form the, of a cow herd, a gopi, and so forth. These this is constituted of Swarup Shakti, you're a constituted of Jeev Shakti, but you're a Jeev Shakti who who has Prem and Prem has a shape. Hmm? So you do have love for Krishna. Hmm? Now you now you're possessed of love. Hmm? Are you love? Well, yeah, you can say. You know, like you're a person, you're not in love with anybody. Then you fall in love. Then you have love. What you have is a capacity to fall in love. Hmm? You have a capacity to fall in love. So if love comes your way, 
you might fall for it. Hmm? And then you, then you have, then you can say, you know, I have love in my heart. <laughs> I, I, and you feel like you feel that you are that love, right? So this is uh, how we can we integrate with the sarup shakti. It's not that we become transformed. Jiva can't be transformed. Hmm? But the whole idea of the tatasta is it can function on either side. Hmm? That's tatasta. But it's 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 the Maya Shakti, all the Shaktis of Krishna are one with Krishna and different from Krishna. The Maya Shakti, however, is more different than it is one. The Sarup Shakti is more one than it is different. Hmm? And the Jiva's kinda well in between. But it's just still it's more more one than different because it's chit, it's conscious, it's not matter. It can't mix with matter. Hmm? It's like mixing apples and oranges. Now you could mix tangerines and oranges pretty well, but not, you know. So, so you know, different different types of oranges you could mix together, something like that. Hmm? But not oranges and and potatoes, hopefully. Yeah. Would it be something like Sandit Sandini Ladini being the energies of of spiritual existence in in some kind of similar way that the uh, energies of matter and the three modes of material nature create this in our bodies is the these are these three energies there therefore like the elements they're like the modes of yeah. bhakti yeah, <laughs> yeah. so in that yeah. way you might remember but one of my first questions to you was i've been trying to understand if there's any correlation yeah. between three modes and some bit sandini for couple of decades and couldn't find anything mm-hmm. but there it's like it's something like that something like that yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's 20 years i've had this question yeah <laughs> yeah you have i mean uh you know it's it's it, there's a correspondence all the way across because asat achit nirananda so sat Jiva Satchitananda, Maya Shakti is Asat, Achit, Nirananda. So they're similar, as much as opposites are similar. Hmm? And then, so then Sandini, Sandini, Land, it's like more of the same kind of, you know, even similar, but but still still different. And they're the different end of the spectrum, and therefore you'll find again and again and again there is readily a comparison between material nature and, and the spiritual nature. Hmm? These, these, and sometimes it's said, well, there's one energy and it heats or cools, right? Heats or cools. So, Maya Shakti, Yoga Maya, Mahamaya. So these are readily compared. Hmm? And these are the modes of, of, of Parabhakti. Um, so, Sandini means the existence, the, the, the super existence of, for example, Golok, compared to the, to the Asat. Existence of Maya, 
where things are here today and gone to get to tomorrow. They're constantly in t- under transformation and so forth. Hmm? Uh, and so Vrindavan never transforms. There it is. It's Sat. Hmm? Sandini. It's a, it's a soup. The, 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 the jiva exists. It's Sat. It's not transformed. Hmm? Maya Shakti is Asat. So it's constantly undergoing transformation. Clouds turn into rain, turn into vegetables, turn, you know, whatever. Everything keeps tra- transforming. The jiva is still, in a sense, comparatively, sat. It never transforms. Hmm? Sandini, then, is the, the makeup of the spiritual sky, and that existence is different than the existence of the jiva. Hmm? It's, you know, a whole world. You're just an atomic particle of I exist. I'm an element of existence. I, I, I exist. Hmm? So, so then you go to to um, um, asat, achit. So Maya Shakti is achit, unknowing. Hmm? And the jiva knows. Hmm? It's chit. It's sat and it's chit. It's cognizant of itself. Therefore, as we often say, it gives meaning to matter and so on and so forth. And then in, 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 in bhakti, then you have Samvit, hmm? from achit to chit to samvit. Hmm? Chit is the knowing that I am, hmm? and I, I know that I exist forever and so forth. Hmm? I am. And samvit is, I am a gopa, I am a gopi. Hmm? That's very different than I am. Achit is, I am American, I am Indian. That's an unknowing. Hmm? Chit means I am. I am a gopi. That is some bit. So they correspond, but they're very different. Hmm? I am a gopi is way different than I am. And I am is way different than I am American. Hmm? Huge gap. And then you go to Nirananda. So Maya Shakti has no capacity to love. It has no Ananda inherent in it. We think we derive ananda or pleasure from matter because we identify with it. But it's our self that has extended it in the material thing that makes it pleasurable for us. So that ananda is really coming from the self, not from the thing. Because hmm? it's my car, it gives me pleasure because I'm in it. Hmm? I've identified with it. So matter is at, near, near ananda. And the jiva is ananda. The jiva is the object of love in this world. Hmm? Matter has no capacity to love. The jiva has ananda. So the, the, the pleasure we derive is only from ourselves. Hmm? We think it's coming from matter, but it's only the matter that we've put ourselves into and identified with by way of saying it's mine. Hmm? So from, at, from near Ananda to Ananda to Ladini. So the Ladini hmm, corresponds with the knowing, the Samvit. If I know myself to be a gopi, then there is a corresponding... Um, Ladini, and for example, in 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 Madhurya Ras of of the um, Manjari Bab, then it extends up to Mahabhav. This is, you know, Sneha Man Pranay Raghun Rag Bab Mahabhav. These are all developments of the Stayi Bab, of the Sambit that I am a Gopi. Hmm? So that there's a corresponding Ladini. It develops and if, it's, if I am a, I am Krishna's mother, then it will, the, the Ladini will be different, hmm? up to 
maybe anurag, or if it's a, I'm a cowherd, it, it'd be different. Hmm? So that's very special, ananda, compared to the ananda of the atma. And the ananda of the atma is very special compared to the near ananda of the maya shakti. So they're all wor- different worlds. The world of the jeev, it's unto itself, which is never, doesn't happen. Because the jeev is always either associated with the maya shakti or the sarup shakti. So, so we say, you know, you don't say, well, what is the jiva independent of the maya shakti or the sarup shakti? Well, you know, it's not a very, it doesn't really matter very much because it's never independent of one of them. Hmm? Except when it's in susupti, but it's not awake then, it's not active, hmm? and it's not independent of the maya shakti, though it's not operating on it then. Hmm? As soon as the this creation starts again, under the influence of the Maya Shakti. And there's been no beginning to that, and there will be an end to it, and the end will be when you come under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. So the, the Jiva, therefore it's Tatasta. It, 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 it is a product of nature and nurture, both. Hmm? The Maya Shakti and the Sarup Shakti are the nurturing elements that cause it to the Jiva to be in a certain way, to be a certain kind of person, hmm? have a certain kind of shape and so forth. That's all there in the potential. So you have to analyze what the jiva is in terms of its potential. And its potential plays out in relation to the environment that it finds itself in. That's the whole meaning of tatasta. Hmm? So, what else? Um, so, could it, is it fair to say then that this, these three energies, although Krishna's energies are unlimited, uh, the other energies fall within this, for instance, like such a sankalpa, his desire, his desire self-manifest immediately, or yoga maya. They're, they're within this realm of samvit sandini ladini. This is, it's not outside of this. Yeah, yoga maya is in there. Krishna has desire and the srup shakti fulfills the desires of Krishna. So Krishna has will. Each a shakti, you know. I mean, jiva has will too, but in order to to manifest its will, well, the material nature has to cooperate, hmm? and ultimately, Bhagwan has to sanction. And when you have will in relation within the context of the sarup shakti, then automatically all your desires are being fulfilled, because the sarup shakti is there to fulfill, to 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 fulfill all desires to please Krishna. So all your desires will be. To feel to please Krishna and the Srup Shakti will ma- so the so the Srup Shakti facilitates the, what the Jiva is. You see, it's the, whereas the Maya Shakti tends to repress what the Jiva is. It ha- it is a unit of will, hmm? but under the influence of the Maya Shakti, you know you end up being like a machine almost. Hmm? You made the choices. My material nature is prevailing over you. Under the influence of Srup Shakti, then. You can make all kind of choices only for the pleasure of Krishna, and they will be all fulfilled. So the mukta is such a sankalpa too. Yeah. I think yesterday you mentioned that um, each part, like you could almost look at each pastime that's perpetually happening. Yeah. So then, <laughs> if we try, uh, what what is the chronological significance then? Like for example. 
Krishna's departure from the world be everything? What that, what's, that, what's that representing? I wanted to ask that question independently, but then, then I just thought well, all of these pastimes are eternally happening. So really, what happened first and what happened next doesn't maybe isn't maybe isn't as important. Well. I don't think that's the way to think about it. Um, it's a composite, you know. Hmm? So there's a sequence, and at the same time, each part of the sequence is eternally happening. It's like what you're saying. It's like, well, it, it doesn't. Twenty-four hours in a day doesn't matter because the sun's always twelve o'clock somewhere. That doesn't add up. It's always twelve o'clock somewhere, right? It's always noon somewhere. It's always sun, sunset somewhere. It's always sunrise somewhere. Hmm? That's the example it's often given. Hmm? But that fact doesn't 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 cause us to say, well, it doesn't matter that there's you know, because from where you are, you're seeing it a certain perspective, and it's noon here, hmm? and somewhere else it's it's noon at the same time, but it's. In, Still, it's important to you that it's noon, now it's one, now it's two, now it's four, and and your activities will be accordingly. So something like that. So the whole composite of the manifest Leela, when the Leela manifests here, then the the associates of Krishna come with them, and then they experience the whole thing developing. It's already inside them, but it comes out with with sequence and so forth, then it's showcased to everybody else in the world, and the opportunity to pursue it, to become attracted to it, becomes possible. Otherwise, in the Nitya Lila, you know, it's 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 a prakriti. It's 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 material like ordinary like. Hmm? So the fact that each pastime is eternally existing and so forth is not like something that's like on your mind. It's you're just participating in the Leelas and they're going in a sequence and so forth, and you find yourself back in another one. And but anyway, something like that. So then what is the That he's appearing somewhere else. <laughs> Time to appear somewhere else. Hmm. All right. What's the time now? Okay. Time for me to go. Die. Yiraj Gobaran. Keep dying.